Hey everyone, welcome to Triple B. We are Grant and Rebecca, two Purdue students and best friends who love talking anything sports. From Big Ten ballers to the big leagues, it's all here on the Boiler Buzzer Peter. Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to this lovely Sunday evening. Um, we are about to start episode six. Um, we got some super exciting stuff today. Let's start off with Grant. Um, you want to give us a little insight about some football that happened this week? Uh, hey, Rebecca. It's great to be here today. You know, I feel like I'm a guest coming on this show, but I know I'm the co- I'm the co-host, so uh, I love to talk about football. And we got some fun games today, so let's jump right into it. Of course, um, we'll talk about this win here uh, against Illinois at number 21. Illinois Purdue wins. What a great win there! Um, I just thought I just thought that Purdue actually played well for once. You know, it's crazy. I mean, they won 31-24. is a one-score win, but still. Uh, it's crazy that they're able to beat a ranked team, which has kind of been the story of the season where they've beaten ranked teams and they've lost to unranked teams as Purdue is coming off two straight losses against Iowa and Wisconsin. Um, yeah, I, I just I just thought Purdue played decently here. Actually, a fun fact, I like Purdue's uniforms this time. It was like their first time trying out their new combination, which was like black, white, white. No signs of yellow on the uniform whatsoever. Interesting. So it looked like they were straight out of... Like it looked like they looked like the Las Vegas Raiders, honestly. Because, huh. yeah. Black, so it was black on top. Black white helmet, pants. white 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 jersey. Oh, white jersey and white pants. Black. Helmet. Oh, interesting. I'm not sure how I feel about the full white. Uh, oh, I I kind of liked it honestly. Well, the numbers were black too. Okay, so that's kind of cool. contrasted. Um, but I kind of liked it honestly. It's very minimal. You know, the gold obviously makes it look cool, but this is a nice deviation from the norm. Interesting. So, okay, random question. How often do they, like, get new uniforms? Or, like, how many uniforms do they have for the season? Um, So, I cannot answer that question directly. There's a great Twitter account called Boiler Uniforms, which, I've covers, seen which covers all of this stuff here. He covers, like, the first time they used uniforms. Um, I can actually search for it right now. But, uh, yeah, so they use, they use a lot of different uniforms. This is, I think, I'm pretty sure this is the first time they used black, white, white. So, yes, uh, actually, on Boiler Uniforms, uh, he t- tweeted this yesterday saying Purdue notches their first ever win in black, white, white. All white pants combos are currently sitting on a dub. Uh, chrome, white, white, 2018 Indiana. White, 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 2019. They did white, white, white? Really? I, I want to okay. look that up. As oh. a woman, that makes me extremely uncomfortable because in my head, that's just an accident waiting to happen. <laughs> first of all, grass stains. I feel so bad for the equipment managers that have to like wash they those did. uniforms after. But like... You get anything on those uniforms you're seeing it. You spill some Gatorade, it's it's over. Oh, okay. See, but the white, white, white. Okay, I understand they did black, 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 and if they do white, white, it's kind of like very minimal and clean. Like, uh, I'll show it to you, Rick. I know, obviously, our viewers cannot see this. Once we have like video capacity, like capabilities, we will be able to show you this stuff. I mean, come on now, it's not very clean. I do like how it's got the black black numbers, and then on the shoulders, they've got like silver stripes, kind of. Yeah. Um, like almost outlining like where the shoulder pads would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that part, but I don't know. The just the thought of full white. I've never been a fan of like white on the bottom. Like my high school uniforms, we had white shorts, and I just was not a fan. Um, but I mean that's kind of cool though. I know they had they had special jerseys for the military appreciation ga- appreciation game mm-hmm. too last week. Um, so I mean I think that's kind of cool how they can have some special little uniforms. Um, that they kind of change it up. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like then that's unfortunate, though, that the other teams should also get special uniforms. Some yeah, of them so do. I'm pretty sure it's individually set. So uh, they might just be like, or, or NCAA or whoever is Big Ten is just like, make sure they don't look similar. Yeah. So maybe Illinois was wearing uh, 
black or orange or something. So they're like, okay, don't wear yellow or something that looks like that kind of has the same tone. Yeah. Well, Illinois. I mean, like the other Purdue sport. Well, I guess they kind of do because I think most of the sports have like one game where they'll get um, a different jersey. It's usually for like a charity of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I know soccer does these like neon green, like highlighter green kind of jerseys for cancer awareness. And then women's basketball last year, they did pink out for breast cancer and then they like raffle off or they sell, they'll get like game worn jerseys after. So, that part is kind of neat. Um, but yeah, is there anything else that you uh, wanted more, to add about the game comments? itself? So, Moving oh, yeah, on from yes, the fashion yes. show. So the fashion, Illinois did wear, uh, it was like orange, blue, orange. So like Purdue kind of had a good contrast there. We're going white instead of dark. Um, but yeah, uh, for the game, honestly, I think, like I was saying, great win. Uh, Maccabee had a great, uh, running back had a great game. 106 yards, one touchdown. Aiden O'Connell looked decent there. Although this game was in tough weather conditions, it was pretty windy, I want to say, or rainy and cold, um, like it has been the last few weeks or so. Um, but it was they Purdue was able to prevail or was able to score uh, what four touchdowns? Yes, four touchdowns. We had a um, we had a 32 yard pass to Charlie Jones from Aiden O'Connell in the second quarter. Purdue was actually in the trenches. I want to say with Illinois at halftime, they were tied 14 14. So that game could have gone anybody's way. And then in the third quarter, it also was tied at the end of the third, 21 21. And then the fourth quarter, Purdue pulled away with a touchdown and a field goal. And Illinois did not score until 17 seconds left. They tried an onside kick to try to be able to have a chance at scoring a touchdown and go to overtime, and it failed. So Purdue was able to hold on. And now Purdue is 6-4, and 4-3 four, four and three in conference play, which sets up a very, very, very um, interesting and just complicated Big Ten West title scenario for them. Uh, but first, before we talk about the Big Ten West, let's talk about fun fun fact here. Purdue is now bowl eligible um, I believe this is the second or third year in a row where Purdue is bowl eligible. Um, they have gotten six wins and cannot fall under 500 with two games left in the season, meaning they're eligible. Last year, they went to the Music City Bowl against Tennessee and won against them, uh, basically at Tennessee, considering the game was played in Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty much uh, an away game, uh, Purdue was able to win that. And so now, um, basically, whatever happens at the end of the season – NCAA will kind of basically decide who they play against, um, depending on what happens. Uh, but other than that, yeah, Purdue had a great win against Illinois. They played Northwestern uh, this week, this Saturday, November 19th, 2 p.m., 12 p.m., excuse me, noon game. Uh, this should be a blowout game. Northwestern is 1-9 and nine and 1-6 and in conference play, worse than the Big Ten. But keyword should. This should be a blowout. You never know with Purdue. I don't know who Northwestern beat, honestly. Um, it might be an IU, honestly, for all we know, because IU sucks. But um, yeah, this North- is my first time learning that it's a noon game, and I'm not super excited about that, to be honest. Really? Because that means that um, my work day is not going to oh. be super fun. <laughs> yeah. So um, they they announced the tip off time. Yeah. Um, a week a week in advance, basically. So today they announced it. Yeah, we hadn't heard yet at work. Um, which means 7 a.m. I'll be at Ross Aid, living living the dream. <laughs> That'd be great for you. Heck yeah. yeah Maybe the see. weather will be a little nicer, knock on wood. Northwestern beat Nebraska the first game of the season, 31-28. Uh, then they lost nine straight. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, they had to play Ohio State and Penn State, but some of them, like, come on, they lost to Southern Illinois, not even Big Ten team. Um, and they play Purdue and Illinois. It looks like two more losses for them. Other than that, other than Northwestern, Purdue plays IU last game of the season. 
Um, that's a topic for next week's video or, or next week's podcast. We'll probably be talking about a preview of that, considering it's you know the Oak Bucket uh, trophy game. You know, it's very iconic. Speaking of trophy games, though, Purdue, like I forgot to mention that this was the Purdue Illinois game was the Cannon Trophy game, and the Cannon Trophy now belongs to Purdue, meaning Purdue. Um, or it has belonged to Purdue, honestly, the last three years, because Purdue has won three straight versus Illinois. Purdue is now 47, 45, and 6 against Illinois all-time, so they can say that the Cannon Trophy stays to Purdue this year. Um, yeah, we'll see if, uh, if that happens with basketball, as Illinois looks to be pretty good this year. But for football, Purdue, good win overall is what I wanted to say. Um, and one more thing about football, since we're talking about the Big Ten West. Uh, I mentioned before we're going to talk about the Big Ten West title scenarios. Rebecca, this is a really complicated Big Ten West here. I'm looking at this um, graphic that you got here on the screen. Well, okay, so there's a few things something. here. Yes, so um, the first thing is Purdue has never actually never been to a Big Ten championship game. Um, since the Big Ten, like, well, has not been able to hold a championship since 2011. Uh, or, I mean, excuse me, they, they, they weren't able to until 2011. Sorry, because um, they didn't have 12 teams, and the NCAA said you had to have 12 teams to uh, basically uh, – be eligible for like a tournament, tournament. Okay. yeah championship I didn't know game that. um and so they added nebraska i want to say in 2011 and so they were able to hold their first game um but every year it's been the east the all also the big 10 west team has not won a championship game since 2012 every year since 2013 the east team has won <laughs> which is not great hopes hopes for um purdue if they were to make it to the, the championship game um, and considering this year it doesn't seem to be any different with Michigan and Ohio State both in the top five in the college football playoff rankings, I believe. I'm pretty sure Ohio State Ohio State is two and Michigan is three. That's great <laughs> there, considering you have two top three teams in the nation. Uh, you'd probably have to go against one of them, which uh, means that the last game, Michigan always plays Ohio State. That'll be a great game to watch next weekend. Uh, not this weekend, upcoming next weekend after that. But, yeah. Uh, hopefully that'll be a good game to watch. But like I said, uh, that means that the Big Ten West titles uh, scenarios is is uh, very complicated because five of the seven Big Ten West teams are still in contention with two weeks left to play, which is crazy. Because Usually there's only like two or three at max of teams eligible. Um, and right now somehow none of the teams in the Big Ten West control their own destiny. means none of them can just win out and win it all. Um, so, yeah, it's crazy here. Um, so right now, Iowa at Minnesota is the pivotal game for these likely scenarios um, because Iowa, if Iowa wins, they control their own destiny. If Minnesota wins, it means Purdue is control of their own destiny because uh, I believe Iowa owns a tiebreaker with Purdue because they beat them. But Minnesota lost to Purdue. So if Minnesota wins, then Purdue is basically above them, which is kind of weird to think about. Um, so... Right now, it seems like Purdue and Iowa are the most likely teams to win the West, but Minnesota is still not far behind. So if you're a Purdue fan, you got to hope Minnesota beats Iowa next week. And uh, this is because Iowa beat Wisconsin. And you have to hope Purdue wins out. And it should seem like they should because they're playing Northwestern and IU. Um, but if they do win out, then Purdue will finish the season at 8-4. Uh, and four, and that would be 6-3 um, and three in conference play. And that means if Iowa wins and everyone else below, everyone else that's tied with you know, Purdue for first place, which right now it seems like it's uh, it's Illinois, Iowa, and Minnesota. Um, so there's four teams tied for first place. And Illinois lost to Purdue, so Purdue wins a tiebreaker. And Minnesota lost to Purdue, so 
Um, Purdue owns a tiebreaker, so you just have to hope Iowa loses and that Purdue wins. Other than that, that is the Big Ten West. I made it more complicated than it seems, but there's just a lot that's going on uh, in the Big Ten West and the Big Ten East here. Um, but yeah, that's it for football. I like how we get to start that off every time with the football game, whether it be you know great or sad. I I get to blame Jeff Brom or congratulate him. Coach, I want to congratulate you this week <laughs> for the great job you did, the great job uh, you, you helped Purdue win. Um, and let's hope you can carry it out the last two weeks of the season. Rebecca, I want to talk about basketball, but I've been ranting for the past like 10 minutes. So you want to start us off with uh, some women's basketball, yeah, considering there was it. a game today. Um, there was. So Purdue now has two wins since last Sunday. Um, we've got 73-61 over Marshall on Thursday and then 90, versus 60, or 90 over 61 uh, versus Murray State. That was this afternoon. Uh, Janae Terry starting the season off in such incredible historic fashion. So she has back-to-back double-doubles. But what makes these double-doubles interesting, um, so for those who might not be sure about how double-double works, there are a couple different categories of stats that are recorded um, for a player. So it's their points, rebounds, assists, and then it's like blocks and steals are the other ones. But um, a double-double means you score 10 or more in that specific category. Usually it involves points because those are kind of the easiest thing to get. Yeah, well, double-double, yeah, is two of those categories. Yes, yeah, so you get t- over 10 in two of those categories. Yes. Usually like points is one of the two categories that people record because, again, points are kind of the easiest to score out of those statistics. However, JT has not one but two double-doubles so far this season that don't involve points. So in the first game, yeah, the first game um, against Marshall, she scored 10 rebounds and 10 assists. Um, So, yeah, points were not one of those categories. So that she was the first player in program history to do that. And then today... The very next game, she did the exact same thing. Um, so yeah, starting the uh, starting the year off super cool for her. Um, transfers have been great additions to the team so far. Caitlin Harper um, was leading the scoring in the Marshall game with 17 points, and then Laisha Petrie led today against Murray State with 23. Um, I'm yeah, I've seen some really good things from them. Caitlin is just kind of controlling the paint, and then Laisha has some really good ball movement on the outside, um, and then she's hit some really cool threes. So those are definitely fun to watch. Um, excited to have them as part of our program and can't wait to see what they do the rest of the season. Um, Abby Ellis was back today after a minor injury. Um, she picked up in the first game, the exhibition game um, against Purdue Northwest, had like a little shoulder collarbone injury, um, didn't play in the Marshall game. Katie Gerald said it was kind of be a game time decision um, as to whether she would play in that game. So today we we kind of thought she might be back, weren't quite sure. Um, however, we got to hear from Abby Ellis right before the game um none other from herself um she was warming up and we uh you know we've had some exchanges in the past couple games since we sit in the student section which is over kind of on the side where she likes to warm up um and so she's like hey guys coming back today and so that was super cool um yeah definitely was excited to see her um she put in some good minutes not necessarily a starting spot or um as many minutes as she usually plays but you know good to start slow and warm up into it um yeah just good to have her back overall um, we were shooting 91% from the free throw line in today's game, uh, which is a major improvement over the 57% that they Definitely were shooting on Thursday. A huge improvement. Yeah. There. Um, so Where that was be awesome shooting. because I know last year we were having some problems um, picking up our free throws. Mm-hmm. Maybe and that was emphasized in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, because, you know, let's be real free, free throws can win games, you know? Mm-hmm. If you really can get, you know, 10, 15 throws in a, in, a, in a game that's you know 10 15 points could be the difference between 
uh, between a win. So yeah, super awesome to see um, that they were making those. And again, I don't know that it was an interesting thing to see for me, um, just like how vast the improvement is. Because you know, I feel like from Thursday to Sunday, they probably didn't get a ton of time to practice. Um, you know, have a couple different shoot arounds or whatever, but like don't really get to dedicate to working on something. So I don't know if that is one of those things where it's going to be a game by game kind of thing, whether they're on on fire or not. Um, but they definitely were today. So let's hope they keep it up uh, into this week. Um, and then speaking of this week, we've got two upcoming home games, uh, Thursday versus SIUE um, at 7 p.m. and then Sunday versus Indiana State at 2. Um, yeah, so we'll get to see our Boilers back in action at Mackey twice this week. Be sure to uh, be there. I'm looking at the women's um, the women's uh, schedule here, and it's pretty insane to see they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight home games before they play their first away game, which is quite the homestand there. Um, the next game is what? What'd you say it was I? I SIUE. SIUE. Okay, so that'll be okay. That's November seventeenth. Yep, Thursday. Thursday. I will try to attend that as well. I was not able to make the Murray State game when they play Indiana State. Uh, the one game I really want to see is. See, I thought Iowa was going to come to play, but they do not go to West Lafayette this year. You can yeah. see Caitlin Clark, one of the best young cool. women players yeah, in the nation. We will get to see um, – oh, shoot, what's her name? I don't remember her name, but she um, transferred – she was a powerhouse at Oregon, and then she transferred from Oregon to IU. Um, there was oh, yes, talk about her yeah. – there was a little comment about maybe her coming here, um, but she went to IU instead, um, and I really want to see her. So that'll be fun because IU is coming to Indiana or coming to Purdue, I guess. They're already in Indiana. Why don't yeah. you uh, give us some men's basketball updates? I will do that. You look, the, you look at that player I from will. Oregon because I, I was also curious about that here. But let's talk about the men's highlights while Rebecca does her research. Uh, so Purdue men's basketball got to play twice this week against Milwaukee and Austin P, And they won both of them for the first two wins of the season. Uh, Purdue opened up the regular season against Milwaukee, winning 84-53, to led by Zach Eady's 12 points and 17 rebounds, along with freshman Fletcher Lawyer, 17 points starting in his Purdue debut. Uh, fun fact, Purdue started two two freshmen for the first time, I believe, in 15 years or something since Robbie Hummel era, uh, Purdue, mid-2000s. So it's crazy to see. They, they had to start, too, because um, I believe David Jenkins, their transfer from Utah, uh, had a serious black eye is what they said was his injury. Somehow in practice maybe got hit with a basketball or something in the eye or elbow or something and was out for the game. But that meant the starters were for Purdue, uh, Ethan Morton, Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith, Zach Eady, and Mason Gillis. And as I said before, Fletcher Lawyer, 17 points, three assists. Great great introduction for him. Uh, Braden Smith, seven points, seven steals, four assists, three turnovers. Um but I, I liked what I saw from him. He was very impressive defensively. Like I said, there's seven steals. That's crazy. Although this was a non-conference team, so obviously you can uh, kind of expect to have some stats be over-exaggerated. Um, it was still a great game as he was a freshman there. Um, but just overall, great win there. Purdue started out pretty rusty in the first game. Uh, I was able to watch it there at home. And, you know, a lot of mistakes. They were just easy mistakes that Matt Painter was mad at the team for. Uh, but in the second half, they came out pretty strong. Like I said, ended up winning the game by 31. So it was a great win there. Uh, the second game against Austin P went against them uh, last last Thursday, uh, last Friday, excuse me, November 11th, Veterans Day. Um, this game was also just a defensive struggle. It seemed like Purdue only won 63 to 44, very low scoring game for a non-conference game. 
Um, and I believe during halftime they were only up by, um, they were up by okay, so they're up sixteen thirty one at halftime. I was like, I looked at the halftime score. I was like, wow, it's only thirty one points. Is this like, you know, are they playing IU or something, or you know, uh, Michigan or Illinois? And it was no, they're playing Austin P. And also, Rebecca, fun fact: the Austin P's uh, team name are the Governors. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of funny considering. That is. Funny. I don't know. Actually, I, I didn't know the like the meaning behind it. Because they're from, um, I believe they're from Tennessee. I okay, can... here's something. I'm going to just butt in right here. Um, here's something that bugs me is when teams have state in their name, mm-hmm. but they're not a state. Really? This is a little bit off topic because I guess often okay. Austin P doesn't have that problem. But like Murray State, Murray mm-hmm. isn't a state. So why is your name state like i understand the like the state university in terms of like like state funded not like private college i don't know why but that just really bothers me for some reason anyway continue yeah i get that i'm trying to think of other instances where this is applicable like Uh, truman state we played in basketball yes we played um yeah murray state just yeah random yeah that's, that's a nice little tangent there but uh i i can't i can tell you there rebecca honestly that's interesting uh, maybe it's state funded in some way. That's it's, what I assume. So I feel yeah. like somebody at one point told me, but it still just doesn't make sense. Like, okay, Mississippi State, obviously Mississippi is a state, so it makes sense that it would be the state school of Mississippi, you know? Yeah. But, um, so yeah, if your name has state in it and you are not a state, um, please feel free to change it. I <laughs> would love that, actually. Uh, fun fact, Austin P is called the Governors because um, they honor Tennessee governors through naming the buildings on campus um, just after Tennessee governors. And um, I believe the first either Austin P was the governor of Tennessee from 1923 until his death. And they named university after him in 1929. And so that's okay. why it's named after Tennessee governors. I just thought it was a funny name. Like the governors, I'm pretty sure Australia has a, some, some Australia pro sports team has also a team called the governors, but um yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I mean, we're called the Boilermakers, so I mean, we yeah, could, what you, are can we to argue, you can make an argument for that too. Um, that that seems like another segment for another day, just talking about different like team names. I mean, like, why are they called this? That's fair. <laughs> we'll save that for another uh, yeah. another overtime. Um, also, that player, the um, Oregon yep. transfer to IU, is Sydney Parrish. Really? Okay. Is she a graduate? She's like, a junior. Junior. Okay. Yep. Uh, six three guard, um, from Fishers, Indiana, originally. Um, so yeah, coming home, but I don't know. I mean, she hasn't been doing quite the, uh, quite as well this season as she did in Oregon, um, from what her stats so far say, um, she's averaging 8.5 part, 8.8.5 points and six rebounds, um, which aren't shabby numbers by any means. Um, but yeah, she was a, quite the powerhouse at Oregon. Hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see her come to Purdue, hopefully when we beat her. Also, while we were looking at uh, women's basketball, I looked at the um, ESPN in an article ranking the top 25 women's like uh, draft classes. Yeah. Or not uh, recruiting classes for um, women's basketball. And Purdue was ranked 21st, surprisingly. Okay. they were. Not, I don't think they were ranked in the top 25 a year before that. Uh, it could be wrong, but, I mean, this is Katie Gerald's first actual top like recruiting class, and, uh, you know, they're in the top 25 already, so imagine what she can do in the next couple of years. That's impressive. Uh, IU is ranked 20th, so right above us. Yeah. Um, but our highest-ranked commit is Rashonda Jones. She's ranked 79th out of the top 100, I believe, uh, prospects. She's from Washington, Indiana, guard. 
Okay, um, so this is players that are coming. Yeah, to so us these next these year. are the new players that are coming okay, in. Like they're like year, all this of them. She is recruited. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. They also talk about number ninety-seven, Mary Ashley Groot. Oh yeah, uh, I know she's supposed to be good. New York. Yeah. We have um, Madison Layden's younger sister coming to us as well, True. McKenna Layden. She is not ranked, I don't think. That's fair. Um, but we love yes. some familial, uh, some familial ties there. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's move on to some volleyball. Well, real perhaps. quick here, Rebecca. I just oh, want to finish on. the basketball. Go for it. Um. We talked about women's basketball. They have two games. Yes. We talked about women's basketball. SIUE and Indiana State. Uh. Purdue men's basketball only plays one game next week, uh, versus Marquette this Tuesday, November fifteenth. Um, and then they have a break for a week. Uh, very nice break for them. Then they play, um, I believe they play West Virginia, if I am not mistaken here. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. They play, um, I could be wrong here. Oh, they play, yes, they do play West Virginia. So that game is actually the, um, the uh, Phil Knight Legacy Tournament in Portland, Oregon. Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. So it's Nike uh, oh, neat. Tournament. And I believe if they win that game against West Virginia, they'll be playing Gonzaga. Gonzaga plays Portland State, but Gonzaga's number two in the country. So we'll be Purdue's first game this year against a top-five team in the country um, if they win against West Virginia, but West Virginia is also not ranked. But it's exciting. This is at a neutral site in Oregon, although it's not really neutral if you play Gonzaga considering they're from West, uh, Washington State. So... Um, yeah, I guess that's why they have that break until then. And then after that, they have the, the Big Ten ACC tournament, and they play at Florida State. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, Rebecca, please go ahead into volleyball here. Let's talk about um, what's been going on with volleyball. Okay. Um, so today, uh, this week was a little bit of an unfortunate week um, for Purdue. We had two um, very difficult ranked opponents um, in number six, Ohio State, and then number 16, Penn State. Um, unfortunately, we fell to both of these teams, yeah. losing one to Thanks. three against both of them. Um, you were at, were you at the Ohio State game? No, I was not. I was not able to attend either game this week. I'm hoping to attend the final game. Oh, right. Michigan, we're going to Michigan this together, Friday. Yes, at 7 p.m. Perfect. We will be there. Final, um, but I know I was game. at Penn State. I was working that game, so I didn't get to kind of watch the whole thing. I had to kind of get up and move around throughout. Um, but I mean, okay, let's be honest. They didn't look terrible, um, Purdue. You know, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't think it was out. It was not out of our realm to win that game. Um, you know, I feel like there were definitely um, some some hot streaks and some cold streaks um, in terms of, you know, Penn State would kind of get on a little kick and score five or six points in a row. Um, but we did pretty well at bringing it back every time. Um, the last set was 19 to 25, so not a, not quite a blowout or anything. Um, yeah, they definitely had a shot in that game. But, you know, it's it's a tough week for us. Um, our record is now 18 and eight, uh, nine and seven in conference play. So not quite as good as last season's record, if I remember correctly. Um, but, you know, honestly, still in a decent spot. Um, yeah, we've got um, our final home game of the season is November 18th, this Friday, versus Michigan at 7 p.m. I am very excited for that game. We will both be in attendance. I'm holding you to that, Grant. Mm -hmm. I, will, um, I will be there. Another fun little uh, tidbit. I looked at the um, the roster or the schedule for the rest of the season because I know we have three away games after this mm -hmm. last home game. And we have uh, well, two more one, ranked games. What? Two, we have two more ranked games as well. Yeah, two more ranked games. But um, one of those games is at University of Maryland while I'm at home for Thanksgiving break. So November 23rd, I will be uh, at University of Maryland to watch nice. Purdue Maryland volleyball. How far is Maryland from where you live in? It's like a half hour, 40 minutes. Oh, that's, that's definitely a good No, it's pretty close. Then, I'm yeah. very excited to go. Um, they bested us earlier this season, but that 
game was very uncharacteristic for us. Um, we just did not look like our team. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited. We, uh, after we were the at second that game chance. there. Yeah, we were. Maryland. It was three zero too. Sweet sweep. Yeah, they swept us. Um, so I'm super excited to go back. Um, you know, see this matchup again. Hopefully, we have figured some things out. We know how they play a little bit better, and let's let's whoop them at home. Let's hope so. Um, anything else you want to mention for volleyball there, Rebecca? Uh, I was nothing gonna, I can think. I was going to talk about considering we were talking about. Uh, draft classes, and I want to go back to our recruiting classes, keep mixing with the pros. Yeah. Um, I was going to go back to men's basketball in a second here. But let's talk about volleyball's recruiting class as well there. Number as, three in as, the nation. Uh, yes, this was uh, a few days ago. Uh, November 9th was National Signing Day for colleges. And, yes, they are have they have the number three recruiting class in the nation, according to prepvolleyball.com, which actually ties the 2014 signing day as the highest-ranked class in program history. That'll crazy. be super exciting. Those th- Like, if you add the new the new recruits Mm -hmm. with like Eva Hudson powerhouse of this year. That'll be such an exciting class to watch. Um, I have actually seen one of our draft picks or draft picks. Um, one of our recruits I have seen recruits. Yes. One of our recruits I've seen this year. Um, when I watched that high school game, um, at McCutcheon, Mm -hmm. I saw Chloe Chacon who was absolutely insane. Isn't that Um, crazy? She's number one and she's literally like a 15 minute drive away from here. No, that was, that was so cool. Um, yeah, no, she was, she was crazy to watch. Um, you know, she just, you can tell how like advanced her technique is. Like it just looks flawless when she hits. Um, she is an outside hitter, I believe. Um, but she has this like massive swing that like it's almost like full extension of her arm, and then she like snaps it forward, and like you can hear the ball like leave her hand, and it's honestly kind of intimidating to watch. Mm-hmm. So like between her and Eva Hudson, um, I think we can do some incredible things next year. Mm-hmm. So they also added in um, Grace Heaney, who's number seventeen overall, and Taylor Henderson, or Taylor Anderson, excuse me, number thirty eight. And uh, Kenna Wallard, number 63. And then the rest are um, Julia Kane and Rachel Williams. And uh, if you want to talk about the positions there, Anderson is a setter. Um, two outside hitters are Chicone and Wallard. And Heaney is uh, opposite or right side. And Kane and Williams are two defensive specialists. Awesome. So that's kind of neat. We got a lot of diversity in terms of positions. Um, we have a fairly big senior class this year. Um, if I remember correctly, I think we have Th- this six year seniors. currently. Yeah, like okay. that will be graduating this year. Um, yeah, I think we have six seniors. Um, I like Emma Ellis, um, Maddie Skimmerhorn, um, Maddie Chin. I don't exactly remember the other ones. Um, but you know, those are some some of our big players. Um, so I think it's good that we have um that power coming in to you know fill those spots and. Mm-hmm. Keep us, keep us on yeah. top. Yeah, as I'm on like this kind of press release for the Purdue volleyball recruiting class, and it goes over each player. And then of course you go to Chloe Chacon, and she literally has a whole paragraph of like that's like stuff like that. Sixty she has bullet points of her. Of well, because she has uh, a lot of um like USA volleyball experience, mm-hmm. like youth youth national team stuff. But there's a lot here. Um, also it says her, you know, her family was kind of went to Northwestern and Purdue. And her grandmother attended Purdue, so it kind of seems like it's a family tradition to uh, attend Purdue or Northwestern. Okay, there. that'd be yeah. fun. Yeah, and someone, one of the scouts says she's uh, Chloe's unlike any high school player I've ever seen, which sounds like you, Rebecca. Yeah, no, her. I was blown away um, by the, like, sheer talent. Yeah, uh, so it seems like this Purdue volleyball team should be a lot better next year, even better than this year. Yeah, that'll be, yeah, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. 
Alrighty. Well, I also want to mention that Purdue uh, men's basketball signed one recruit uh, right now, and that is Miles Colvin, brother of uh, current Purdue volleyball player Raven Colvin. Um, he signed a letter of intent, and then um, I can pull that real quickly here. I believe, yes, he signs a letter of intent with Purdue basketball. He's a four-star recruit out of Heritage Christian High School, which is in Indianapolis, about a uh, 30-minute drive from where I live here. Um, he's actually my roommate knew of him too because he went to Heritage Christian. Uh, he's averaging 18.5 points and 6.2 rebounds. Um, yeah, he's a class of 2023. Uh, yeah, so, and uh, actually, his uh, he's the son of former Boilermaker football star Roosevelt Colvin, and younger brother Raven Colvin. I think we we went to the boiler the Purdue. Uh, fan, oh, the fan day. Yeah, fan they day. were there. They were there watching the the players practice. Yeah, we saw that. Mm-hmm. Um. And as uh, Sports Illustrated says, there uh, he is a huge signee for Coach Matt Painter and the Boilermakers. It's interesting to see that um, he's the only recruit of 2023. We did have a bit of freshmen join this year, but right now he's the only one that signed with Purdue. Interesting. Uh, he is a top 75 prospect, I believe. Uh, overall, 24/7 has him at. Um, he has a, he has 92 rating. He's a four-star recruit. Now, 69th ranked nationally. Um, which you might think that's not that high, but when you look at like Jaden Ivey, he was not ranked very high nationally going in um, to college. I actually want to see what his rating was real quick because I'm I'm curious to see. Um, let's see, Jaden Ivey, twenty four seven. Let's see here. He was yeah, he was eighty ninth nationally. So okay. he wasn't even. He was uh, only ranked second in Indiana. I wonder who's above him. Christian Lander, who went to. I IU I guess and I don't know if he yeah I guess he's the IU but uh yeah that was just I just want to talk about that real quick for a recruiting class I know we kind of went up we talked about it a lot there but um yeah that was really interesting Rebecca let's move on to U.S. Women's National Team oh I know gosh. you've been talking about this game today against Germany what what was what was going on there it seems like they had a tough matchup versus Germany so first off um is this just like a, a this is a friendly game this is a friendly game okay Okay. Oh my gosh. I got to try and not get too heated here because I've been ranting about it for the past hour or so. Um, okay. So national team, they played two friendlies, um, I believe it was end of October, beginning of November, um, against England and Spain. Two very good teams. We lost both of them. The first time we had lost two back-to-back games in like 10, 15 years, something like that. Um, well, we have this second set of friendlies here, uh, two against Germany, one in Florida, one in New Jersey, and we lost the first one, which, um, was a devastating loss. Um, honestly, any loss for the national team is one uncharacteristic. It is not something that fans are used to, but this, uh, set of three losses, especially, um, was a signal for some, some struggles, honestly, going into the summer, which is a world cup year. We have already qualified for the World Cup, but um, hopefully this is not an indication of how the rest of that tournament is going to go. Um, so the loss on Thursday was 2-1, to one, the only goal coming from Megan Rapino. Um, and from what it sounds like, we were just terribly outplayed. You know, like there was no, no, nothing else to blame it on other than the fact that we just did not look good. 
Um, some tensions were rising, though, in the women's soccer community. Uh, some tweets were exchanged between retired veterans Carly Lloyd and Heather O'Reilly about how, uh, and I quote, the winning culture and mentality that has carried the national team from generation to generation has been fizzling away. Really? Basically, so Heather O'Reilly said it, um, I put out a tweet first. Hers was like during the game about specifically how the game was going. She's like, listen, there's like 20 minutes left. You're down one. Like, why are we make, why are we not making the runs, first of all? Why are we losing the ball? Why are we not, you know, where's the fight? Where's the tenacity to, like, get after this game and win? Like, you're about to lose at home for the third time. Like, let's get it together. Well, Carly Lloyd, Carly Lloyd is, is famous for having some very strong opinions, um, you know, and, and sharing them very publicly via Twitter. Um, but, yeah, she basically responded with that quote about um, how the winning culture mentality is fizzling away. And so she branched off of um, Heather Riley's comments about one game to basically the whole, like, current squad and, like, how they've been performing, saying, you know, that it just the tenacity isn't there anymore. Basically, like, the winning passion that we've had since the 80s is, like, being gone because of, you know, Vlako Anonofsky, the head coach, um, and just, yeah, the way this team is playing. Um, coach Blacko claims that he disagrees with their comments about the team's mentality. Um, he says it's like part of like growing pains and roster changes and facing more difficult opponents. Cause usually when they schedule friendlies, they, um, don't play like top five, top 10 opponents, um, super frequently. Um, but that, I thought that was interesting, um, that he like wasn't super critical of those comments, first of all, and then wasn't super critical of the losses themselves. Um, my, my personal reasoning of like why I think he is not being um, like more harsh about the performance is because it's his fault. Um, so first of all, he, you know, is scheduling these, these four games back to back four games in like less than a month against top 10, like top five opponents two against Germany, Germany's number three currently ranked in the world. And then he's not playing a system that's going to get you the win against a team like that, you know, um, America, the style of American soccer is very different than the style of European soccer. And there's a couple players like Tobin Heath, uh, Lindsey Horan, Katarina Macario that play for the national team who are like suited to play that European style, mainly honestly, because they play like they spent years overseas, um, playing in the, the champions league and, uh, like Lindsey Horan was with Lyon and all that good stuff. Um, but like he's pulling up all these young players who have, you know, they've got experience, they've got, you know, the skill and everything. But it's not the skill for the system that he wants to play, you know. So like he's got Trinity Rodman, um, Ashley Sanchez, um, these like super young powerhouses, but they're good at playing American soccer, which is basically the difference is it's less technical. Um, it's a lot less about like small passes, like in a tight space, like between your players. It's more of this like kick and run, like we're gonna send you down the field and then beat the defender with speed kind of situation. So you're, you've got this weird mix of, you know, kind of European style and American style players. Um, and it's just not, it's not matching up, you know, whatever lineup or like tactics he's trying to get this team to play is not working with the manpower that he's picked and against the team that he's picked. Um, so something, yeah, something's got to change if we want to, you know, not mm -hmm. get kicked in this World Cup that's coming yeah. this summer. In the U.S., uh, if I recall, they have the most championships, most World Cup yeah. titles. Yeah. They have four. Yeah, right? we have four World Cup titles. We've got a couple Olympic titles, too. Um, you know, 2019, the last World Cup, we won. Mm -hmm. And then this um, most recent Olympics um, was 2020. We did not... We did okay. We got third overall, um, which we... 
we expected to do better personally, you know, just as a team, again, coming off that World Cup uh, World Cup win. And we had a pretty similar roster to that World Cup team, too. Um, but, yeah, just I feel like that is kind of where the breakdown started is, you know, we choked in that um, that quarterfinal game, which, you know, we um, didn't make it to semis. We ended up playing in the third um, the third place bronze medal match. Um, but this game, uh, the one today, we won miraculously two to one against Germany. Um, I watched up until the 70th minute, I think it was before I had to come over here, but it, it looked terrible if I'm going to be frank. Um, yeah, they're playing horribly. The ball movement sucked. Um, they're missing easy chances, messing around. Okay. (laughs) This was when I actually lost it. Um, in the box, like the, you know, the 18 yard box. So pretty super in close to the goal Four. U.S. forwards touched the ball. None of them put in the goal. Like, they're passing it in this tiny spot right in front of the goal. The defenders can't shut him down. The keeper doesn't know where anybody's going. And they put they can't put in the ball, in the goal. They kind of just tap it out offside. And then the last thing I watched was um, Mal Pugh. She's on a breakaway, 1v1 with the keeper. Um, the keeper is kind of, like, close to the, um, like, the near post of the goal. So she's got the entire, like, left side is not being covered. All she's got to do is slot it wide, and it's it's 3-1. Um, but, no, she takes it to the end line. She tries to dribble the keeper, which doesn't work, obviously. And then so what she has to do is she has to cut it back, and she drops it to Rose Lavelle, who then has almost an even better angle because the goalie's over here on the ground, and she's got the entire left side of the goal wide open, and she missed. She tried to put it far post, like the side that the goalie was covering, and it just goes out of bounds. So, um, grim outlook for the World Cup this summer as of now. You know, there's that debate of how much is the player's fault and how much is the coach's fault. I'd say as of now, it's a pretty solid mix of both. Um, But, I mean, it's good that we got that win today. Um, They managed to kind of get it together at the end at some point, scored the two goals that we needed. The two goals were scored, like, two minutes apart, Um, like, super close. But, yeah, overall, not a great game. I would like to see some changes um, before the World Cup this summer if we want uh, any hopes of having the same kind of victory that we did in 2019. As someone who doesn't really watch soccer a lot, uh, I think, you know, you're talking about the World Cup. Are you interested in the Men's World Cup this year? I'm sure a lot of people are in Qatar. I know I know the location, like the whole Qatar thing, there's a lot of controversy around it. But just in general, it seems like USA might have a kind of good chance I, what i've heard maybe people like to make fun of it on twitter u.s men's soccer team uh but let's not talk about it too much because we are already 42 minutes here wow Ooh. decent decent length podcast but rebecca what do, you, what do you think about the men's uh or just men's world cup happening this november gotcha. this, this month actually yes yeah. in qatar so um u.s qualified um okay. for the first time in a couple years or a couple you know a couple world cups which is nice um do we think we're do i think we're gonna get far um no I, frankly, you know, we're yeah. regardless of how good the U.S. is going to be, I'm sorry, but I don't think we're ever going to be able to beat, you know, you got teams like Argentina, France, Germany, Italy, you know, all these powerhouses, um, you know, like we just don't have the manpower of like people that are eligible under like U.S. FIFA soccer mm-hmm. to play like to play yeah. for us. So, I mean, I, I think it's definitely cool that they qualified. Um, I if I had to put money on it, I'd probably say like round of eight really at the latest i think so yeah someone like i said who does not watch soccer i think i will try to watch maybe like after the quarterfinal yeah the maybe. like the knockout rounds are 
kind of yeah, useless because they're I'm almost gonna, all blowouts. I'm not going to watch those at all. No, um, it's rare that you'll find I, I a game NBA that's close. And NFL to watch. You got other college stuff. Basketball. But yeah, I mean, it the World Cup being in Qatar is you know an interesting situation. Yeah, that's a story to begin for with. Time. Yeah, that is a story. Um, um, but we'll move yeah. on. Let's yeah. let's, let's give the people segment. what they wanted here. The overtime segment, the Rebecca. Stuff. So, Rebecca, what what we decide is our overtime segment today. Get, give okay. the crowd a little um, explanation. We went back and forth um, quite a bit about what we should play for our overtime segment, um, and we thought that with um, the recruiting classes, um, you know, being yes, being, being signing being day was recently. It, yes, um, that it was only appropriate if we did um, sort of a recruiting class, more so like a draft. Um, Basically, what we're doing is we're going to be ranking um, different sports in different classes. So the classes we have, we have professional, um, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, and then undrafted. Basically, it's like, you know, the the top tiers. And then we've got a bunch of different sports. Some are super common. Some are a little bit more obscure. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are going to be deciding where these where these sports would fall. Um, there might be a little bit of a debate. You never yeah, know. Kind of like a tier list, basically. But we're kind of kind of using an analogy of like a draft. Exactly. Per se. Um, okay, so Grant over here so, has our list of sports. I do have the list here, so Rebecca, can you see the list that I'm holding up that our listeners cannot see at all? But um, Sort of. You might have so, to read them out uh, to me. Let's the read off one. the sports here, too, before we get started. So, in no order, we have uh, badminton, archery, volleyball, boxing, rugby, swimming, cycling, tennis, bowling, golf, spikeball, track and field, wrestling, water polo, basketball, ping pong, football, soccer, hockey, baseball, cross country, and lacrosse. Quite the selection there. So let's start, and we're going to go the order that I just listed as here, as they're in no particular order. Rebecca, badminton. Is this is this going to go pro? Uh, no. no. I'm going to say this is D2 at best. D2, really? Yeah. I I can agree with you there. I tried. I've tried playing it before. There's a there's a very like high skill level that you can get to, but it's very hard for beginners. I think to get like just kind of adjusted to it, like how to how to actually play it. And you always got to pick up the birdie off the floor, too, afterwards. Yeah, that's, like, okay, that part's so embarrassing. Either, either you bring, like, a hundred of them that you can keep hitting, or you have to pick it up every time off the floor to hit it again. Um. So, yeah, I it's honestly not my favorite sport to watch. Okay. Um, I, I concur. So, yeah, we're going to go D2 with that. Okay, so how about archery? Um, I'm going to go D1. I personally really enjoy mm, archery. Really? Um, I mean, I've never done it like competitively, but I went to Girl Scout camp for many, many years and, you know, shooting archery was probably one of the best parts Mm -hmm. of the summer. Um, fun fact, I did join the club archery team at Purdue. Really? Recently, like a couple weeks ago. I haven't been to practice yet (laughs) because the, um, schedule. Is it intimidating or you just like, you want to do it? One, it's a little intimidating, but, um, the schedule doesn't exactly line up with my like work schedule or not like like, my classwork schedule. So I haven't been able to make it, but I, yeah, I think it's fun to do recreationally or competitively. What do you mm-hmm. think? Uh, I will agree. I feel like, you know, as someone who's played Wii Sports Resort Archery, <laughs> I oh, can yeah, agree that there's thing. a lot of, there's a very, if it's very hard, especially when you have factors like wind and just like lighting and stuff. Uh, I will say D1 as well. Now, Rebecca, uh, volleyball. Where do you rank? Easily this? professional. I would say I'm saying D1. Really? Just because of someone also who doesn't play volleyball, or I try to play volleyball, it always hurts my hands no matter how I hit it. That like is people true. tell me to hit it the other way, and I'm like, it still hurts my hands. Um, now watching it is, uh, if we want to factor that into the sport as well, um, it's very fun to watch. I think it's very high intensity. So that's why I think D1 that's is fair. that a compromise you can settle with there? Um, 
No. No. I'm gonna. I'm still. Gonna si- over- I feel. Like, can- I feel like we should have like one overrule each. So wait, okay. Are we trying to come to a consensus, or are we picking our own? I thought we were coming to a consensus. Oh gosh, that makes that even harder. Um, I don't know. Okay, I I want to go professional because it is super fun to watch. Um, it's such a big, um, you know, sport here at Purdue. So we've had a lot of fun watching it and following it. And I like never watched it in high school or before, but like just the past two years of following. It's one of my favorite sports. I feel like to we watch. should have like each have one override so you can be like, no, Fine. that goes pro. You want to use your override? Um, volleyball. No, pro? Okay. I have to save it because I think I have a feeling I know what's coming okay. and I'm not going to like it. <laughs> so All I'm right, going to save uh, my override. Boxing. I'm um, going to say D2. I'll go either D2 or D3. Uh, Depending yeah, on, okay. It depends on the circumstances and most of the time it's like to do pay per view and they don't turn out to be great. Usually it's like the UFC that turns out to be more fun. I feel like yeah, some of the fights that are like actually serious are yeah. cool, but then there's but been such the a time, rise of like stupid TikTokers yeah, it, wanting to fight each other for, for money. money. Yeah. No, so, so I'm gonna go D three. Let's go D three. Okay. Yeah, I can D3. agree. Uh, rugby. I don't really watch rugby. I know it's like a more intense football. Kinda. Uh, I know. Kinda. Yeah, it's more popular in, in like Australia, like Australia yeah. and then in Europe, in yeah, some parts yeah. of Europe. Um, I have a f- friend that plays rugby. She seems to enjoy it. Um, I wanted to play rugby for a second just because, I don't know, the thought of tackling people sounds fun to me. I'd say that, um, like kind of like the unknown factor of what we don't really engage with rugby a lot. I'd say D2. Yeah, we got to put it dead in the middle just because I don't feel like we don't or we are not qualified to speak on the topic. Uh, swimming. What do you think? Like competitive, like Olympic swimming? Uh, I believe, yeah, we can say competitive swimming, just like Olympic swimming. Okay. Like, um, yeah, just like the races. And, you know. I'll go D2. Me too. I agree. Because, like, and some of the short ones are fun to watch where mm-hmm. it's, like, a couple laps. Like, you're super excited the whole time. But, like, some of the yeah. – there's, like, 5,000, me- like, yard yeah. swims or whatever. Yeah. They take forever. Meter, they're meters, I think. You're just – whatever. Sure. You're going back and forth. Um, Those parts are not exciting. So, in that sense, we're going to go, what, D2, I think we said? Yeah. Okay. I could argue the same for the next one here, cycling or D3. Um, I'd say either D3 or undrafted. Here's really? here's my thought behind that. Cycling, so you're on a bike, right? Mm-hmm. And I imagine the races themselves are pretty long. Like, in an, an Ironman is, like, one of the most common, like, I think, where we see cycling, or, like, a triathlon, basically, is what it is. Um, and that, I think, is, like, 114 miles of biking or something crazy. Um, but, like, I feel like it's such a hard sport to watch because it's the same way that, like, um f- like formula one like if you're standing in one spot like watching it live the cart like the the bikes go by once and then you don't see it again so you're saying watching it in person is watching not... it in person is okay. going to go undrafted watching it on tv is just stupid D3. so i'm also going to go unranked or undrafted and then okay. cycling actually in races i can ride a bike so i can't imagine it's that di- i don't know i'm uh, so i'm going it's undrafted probably very difficult just stamina wise stamina wise yes but like but there's no I, I can't think that there's a whole lot of strategy uh, involved I'm going undrafted. Next one, tennis. I want to say D1. For me, as someone who's been getting into Wii Sports tennis really aggressively lately. Yes, that was fun. And, I played and that watching, recently. There's been a lot of, like, um, just kind of talk about tennis matches on Twitter and just... Yeah, uh, Venus and Serena. Venus and Serena, you know, Nadal, Serena, Serena's final match. Uh, yeah, Rafael Nadal, his yeah. final match, uh, I believe. Okay, um, I can get, I can get behind D1. Yeah, and it, it is kind of high intensity when you figure out, when you think about how what they have to do. Uh, next fair. sport, bowling. Saying undrafted here. What? Oh, okay. Are we talking about competitive bowling? Competitive bowling. These are all sports that should be taken as competitively. Okay, fine. Oh, okay. If we're talking competitively, then yeah, I'll go undrafted. I feel like bowling, unless it's like you're trying to get a certain score, there's like not a lot of like if you know how to do it, you can 
do it easily. Like you could just hit it the same every time. I love recreational bowling, but yeah, in terms but of competition, not, not I'll go undrafted. Okay. Yeah. Uh, golf. Undrafted. Undrafted. We can agree there. Golf is takes forever. Yeah. I'm sorry, but any sport where you have to be like silent the whole time or like be mm-hmm. quiet, no, that's stupid. No, it's, it's I want to cheer. Dumb. Uh, spike ball, not really, really, t- not really professional. I could say D three. I'll I've, go D three as well. And I've that's not seen a generous. lot of professional. Yeah, it's like a beach game. Yeah, I I've played it before. Uh, track and field, I could say pro. I feel like that that or D one. What what do you I'll, think, Rebecca? Okay, I'll go D one. I personally D1. don't enjoy it or like really? watching it. I enjoy watching because I feel like it happens so fast. Where even if that you're in cool. person, you yeah. can you can see it happen real time. Because I also I like track. watching um I like watching pole vault and like the hurdles. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, I'll go D one. There's a lot of different events in there. So D one, uh, wrestling, um, D three, D three. Yeah, yeah, I can agree. I think it's just okay. Not a lot to say. First of here. all, not a lot to say. It's sweaty men like grabbing each other, wearing very little clothing. Um, also, does, I feel that like that doesn't appeal to you. What? Any sport where you have to like, on. it's so like it's so unhealthy too, and like what they put themselves through to like make weight. Oh yeah, I'm, I know you're talking about like yeah, how they like make the like uh you know their 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 weighing. Yeah, yeah. like they do some really scarily unhealthy do things. Nasty stuff like make himself throw up or whatever. Yeah, because you like have it's to be not a certain weight unless yeah. you don't qualify. So for yeah. that reason, D three. Uh, water polo. Um, you ever watch water? I've never watched I, competitive water polo. Yeah, I watched a little bit. Um, Maybe Olympics. I think in the Olympics I watched like a little bit. I'm going to go D1 just because it D1. seems super fun. It's like soccer slash basketball, but you're in a pool. I would say D2 just because I don't really know anything about it. Um, let's make a D1.5. D1.5. <laughs> D1.5. Determined. I agree. Yeah, Um. I have never played it, but I don't know. It just looks fun, like people swimming. Plus, they wear the fun little like swim hats. Mm-hmm. Those are fun to watch. 1.5 adding it in now here okay. it is uh yes water polo there it is okay uh next one basketball i gotta say pro pro pro, instant I'll pro. Agree with pro. there's Super a pro fun to watch for it. especially women's basketball mm-hmm. i've was not a f- i honestly didn't really pay attention to basketball before high school or before college um my main thing is for some reason when i was younger i could not stand the sound of like the shoes on the court. I hated really? the squeaking. When I was younger, I couldn't stand the buzzer going off. Oh, that's also really too loud. Yeah. But now it's super fun to watch. I'm very much invested in Purdue basketball. I'm starting to get into NBA. Nice. Um. So yeah, I'll go pro. Nice. I've been a basketball fan my whole life, so I can easily say pro. A very competitive sport. Um. Yeah. There's a lot of conversations you can have about how exciting it is, but in my opinion, one of the most exciting sports. Uh, ping pong. Competitive ping pong, I think you only see that on the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, I want to say D3. D3. I feel like it can get, get really competitive sometimes yeah. when you see the rallies happening, but and just watchability and just, you know, just awareness of just how uh, it's, you know, impact is not very high. Uh, American football. D1. D1. I'm not going to say professional. I, I agree just because you can argue that the games are too long. Yeah, watching sense. it is painful. It's like watching it in person is painful. to get through a whole game without yes. needing to be like, uh, I need to sit down or something. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree. D1. Um, volley. Oh, not volley. Excuse me. Soccer. Pro. Can I go pro? Yeah. See, in my opinion, soccer. I don't care. Your opinion's has... irrelevant. I'm using my override. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't you know would. enough to make an informed yeah. decision. So okay. it's going pro. Okay. okay. It's pro. It's pro. It's pro. Uh, hockey. You. I would um, say D1.5. I'll go D1.5. Just because I all I can recall is that the fights are super cool. Those are funny. I literally didn't realize that the refs just let them fight. They're yeah, like, they yeah, just... get it out. 
they're like have fun have at it and i'm like what i thought they would like break it up and they're like no they just let them fight i think what's funny too is after they like are done fighting yeah their like punishment is they have to go sit in timeout like they literally have like the penalty box is like a little like jail cell like (laughs) next to the court that they literally have to go sit in for like a certain number of minutes Mm -hmm. and so they literally are sentenced to like five minutes in timeout which i think is hilarious um also being from dc the capitals are a powerhouse um when it comes to hockey we won the stanley cup i think what two years ago three years ago yeah um so yeah i can go d1.5 for that um baseball i would say d2 or three i'll go d2 um i'm being lenient because i feel like baseball it's it's watchability is less painful than football yeah but it's still not super exciting I could argue the other way around, actually, because I disagree I, I because Cubs game and football has more starting and stopping. Baseball, yeah. like it's slow, but at least it's like they you know what's going to go happen. through you it. Know like it's going to be moving. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Plus, yeah, like when moving. the pitch it just it just takes it. a yeah. long time because there's no time limit. You know, they could take however long it takes. Yeah, so I'm gonna go D two for that. Okay, cross country. Um, you can't even really watch undrafted. that pro undrafted. Same yep. reason as yep. cycling. It's boring. Uh, lacrosse, I would say D3. Um, being from Maryland, I should like it because that's probably one of the most popular sports in Maryland. Um, I will go also D3 because I've watched it a little bit before. Um, a fun fact, I randomly stumbled upon the NCAA. It was either the semifinals or the finals. I don't remember. Um, I was in North Carolina for a soccer game last summer, and like my fer- mm-hmm. my friend and I drove to UNC just to like walk around before oh, really? the game. And we happened to like be there on the same day as like the NCAA final for vol- uh, for lacrosse. Um, we didn't watch it from in the stadium because we weren't going to pay the fifteen dollars to get in the gate. But we watched it from outside, and it was okay. But it's hard to see the ball like while they're playing. Yeah, I imagine which that's decreases it's a, the watchability. Ball. Yeah. So for that reason, what do we say? D three. Yes, D3. Okay, I agree. That is our tier list there. So, overall, we have, like, our top two picks are ba- basketball and uh, soccer. That's fair. Which I makes sense. both of our favorite we, sports. That's what we talk about here on our show anyways. And D1, we have archery, volleyball, tennis, track and field, and football. So, basically, you know, they're very okay. high sports there. I agree. Uh, D1.5, sports, you're like, you're like, maybe, I don't know. you got water polo and hockey. I feel like, the, yeah, uh, those are things we don't really yeah. know much about. Yeah, we don't know much about or just, like, Honestly, you could add rugby to that. I want to say. I agree. Let's add rugby Let's to that. Let's add rugby to that. Okay. Where was it previously? Two? Uh, D2. Yeah. So then D2 has badminton, swimming, and baseball. Any okay. changes there? That seems no, like that's I good agree. there. D3 has boxing, spike ball, wrestling, ping pong, and lacrosse. Yep. And then undrafted is cycling, bowling, golf, and cross country. I think that's a pretty fair ranking. Yes. Okay. So I will download this and I will try to get this on our Instagram so people can see our rankings and oh, yeah. argue Send it if, they, if, they, if they'd like to. Um, but that will do it for our, our for Boiler Buzzer Beater. Wow, this is, I believe, our longest show ever. Almost about an hour long. It is. Crazy. So um, I will make sure, yeah, uh, I will add something maybe to the beginning of the show. Be like, hey, everybody can try to listen. Try, stay till the end because those of you who have listened to this at all the way to the end, you realize this was such a good show because we covered all these sports and had a great time drafting uh, the sports in general that you got to be reminded at the beginning just in case, you know. Now, now that I'm realizing I'm saying this and I'm putting this at the beginning, I'm kind of making like a time, like a paradox or some sort. Ooh. Just like go back in Hold time. Hold the space-time continuum. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, which is why you need to watch Interstellar, Rebecca. I've been oh telling you to watch it so many times. And I now. have never once said I won't watch mm-hmm. it. We just haven't done it yet. True, and then, uh, then maybe I'll watch Encanto. 
That was our deal. I'll watch Interstellar. Maybe you watch I'll Encanto. Watch, maybe I'll watch Encanto. May, just maybe. Okay. Right. Well, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Um, it was a pleasure to be speaking with you on this yes. fine Sunday evening. Yes, um, be sure to check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we as recently now- just hit 50 plays. It's crazy Yo, already. That's awesome to hear. Super exciting. Um, yeah, check us out. Follow, click the notification bell, all that good stuff. We're yeah, on Instagram yes. at Boiler Buzzer Beater, where um, we will be posting that um, breakdown of, image. of our yeah, image. Um, yeah, but have a great week, you guys. We'll see you next week. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.